There are 100 times in 94 verses in the New Testament that one Greek word is used and it is translated in the English with two words. One another. Um, it's immaterial, really, what the Greek word is, but if you want to know what it is, you can see me afterwards and we'll share it with you. But the reality is this one word, 100 times in the New Testament, in 94 different verses, are exhortations regarding one another, translated one another. Um, They are instructions given to to the church, 47 of those verses. So nearly half of the verses are specifically given in a church setting to the church. Um, 60% of the use of that word is given by the Apostle Paul. Um, one-third of the one another commands deal with unity in the church. Another one-third instructs Christians to love one another, if you were to categorize these. And then about another 15% stress an attitude of humility and deference among believers. Anytime you're dealing with one another, dealing with other people, um, There comes times in your life where you say, why did God put this person in my life? And God puts people in our lives for a number of different purposes. One, it may be to help us see a different perspective. Um, It's easy for us to not see a different perspective. Meryl Marco observed, have have you ever noticed how easy it is to accept your own personality quirks and habits? It's like magic. When you live by yourself, all your annoying habits are gone. But then you get married and discover that your mate has some rather annoying quirks and habits that you didn't notice when you were married, when you were dating. And then you have little kids who somehow pick up their mother's most irritating quirks and habits. If only everyone in the family could be just like I am, things would go much more smoothly around this house. I won't ask for a raise of hands, but how many of you have thought that, right? And then you join a local church that is made up of hundreds of weirdos. Where did all these crazy people come from, you ask yourself? I mean, sometimes we can identify with um, the king of Gath when... 
when David acted out of his mind. You remember that account? And, and he said to them, why did you bring me this guy? It's not that I lacked madmen that you brought me one more. I mean, it's like, where do all these weirdos come from? And God brings people into our lives to help us see a different perspective. He brings people into our lives that we can learn from them. You might say, I don't know what I could learn from such and such a person. You can learn something from everyone. When, when, I was in, when I was in Bible college, um, every year I would go one year to a church and work in the church. And one year I went to this church. It was a relatively new church plant. And I learned more in that than I learned in any other, but it was mostly what not to do. There's times you learn from people what not to do. There's times you learn what to do. And, and we need to understand, though, that we can learn something from everyone. And God brings people into our lives to learn from both good and bad. He brings people into our lives to teach us love, forgiveness, patience, generosity, faith, and so on, and so on, and so on. You know, it, it's easy to manifest love when you're the only person you deal with. You know what I'm saying? If you never saw anyone, wouldn't it be easy to love? But it's hard to love when you run into people that maybe aren't just like us or don't see it from our perspective, and so on. So we're going to be looking on Sunday evenings at some of these one another commands that he gives us. And it must be really important that a hundred times he uses it in the New Testament and he's uh, emphasizing the importance of that in our lives and, and the reality of it. So in, in Romans chapter 15 is one that we want to begin looking at tonight. Verse 1, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, The reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded, one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind... And one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Here he says, Wherefore, receive one another, as Christ has also received us 
to the glory of God. The word that is used in this verse contains the meaning to accept the person with friendliness, to welcome them, to manifest and receive them with hospitality, to receive into your circle of acquaintance. It's a strong word, and in the manner that it's used here, it, it, it manifests an even stronger command. It is to take to yourself, to embrace them into your own love and communion and fellowship. It conveys the idea that the subject not only initiates the action, but also participates in the results of the action. Paul is calling us, God is calling us, with a wholehearted attitude of action to continually make this, the tense that he uses, to wholeheartedly, continually make this a habit of our lifestyle. Phillips, in his translation, says, So open your heart to one another as Christ has opened his heart to you, and God will be glorified. We could say it in terms like this. Give them a warm welcome. Grant them access to your heart. Take them to yourself. Treat them as closest of friends with the most caring kindness. Now, going back to the weirdos. You know, we're all weird in certain special ways, okay? I mean, if you don't believe that, come up here and we'll have people tell you how you're weird, okay? We'll just help you with your self-esteem, all right? But God has made us. We only consider it weird Because it's different than we are. But God has made every one of us differently, and thankfully that's true. I mean, you can say amen on this, but wouldn't the world be a mess if everyone was just like me? Amen, right? Or like you? I mean, if everybody was exactly like you, Sometimes in our arrogance, we think, man, if everybody was just like me, this world would be better. You know, there's a lot. It's, it's limitless what we can't do. And thank God, God has gifted many people in many different areas. And it's important that we understand this and receive them. We sometimes act like God and we block people out of our lives and I don't need you. I mean, take for example just the analogy Gary mentioned this morning about instruments. Take a, take a band or an orchestra. I mean, talk about the differences 
from when we when we had the orchestra here from Faith Baptist Bible College, you know the timpani was over here. They had the brass section. They had the woodwind section. They had the string section, and I think they had one of those piccolos or oboes or something. You know, I'm not a big music guy, okay, but I'm sitting there thinking they're playing this little piccolo, okay? And I'm thinking, does anybody hear it? And some of you are saying, Pastor, you're showing your ignorance. I am. At least I claim it, all right? But you know, then isn't it in the 1812 overture, some of you, that that there's this part where a little piccolo goes way up there, you know, there's one of them way back in my mind. I can't, I've heard it, you know. But you know what? If you start taking, we don't need you and no, we don't receive you. It's not the same. And yet, in our lives, it's easy for us to, to, I don't really need you. We, we may not say that. But by our actions, we just gravitate away. It kind of we we gravitate. I didn't intend to do this, but I can't pass up this illustration. Fellowship tonight. We gravitate to our own family, our own table, our own little clan. Wow, this is really working great tonight. I didn't even. I didn't even plan this because you'll have action, you'll have opportunity tonight to put into action. And honestly, I know this how it works because I've done it in my life. We, we see someone that maybe we don't like and we gravitate away from it. I'm just going to get down nitty and gritty. There's, there's more reasons why you sit where you sit than you like the east side or the west side. In most churches. God says we are to receive people. I mean, do we really believe in the sanctity of life? We herald that. The sanctity of life. We're pro-life. We're for life. But then... Yeah, they have the right to live, but I just don't want them in my life. That is sin. And he says, we are to receive. Listen, this is plowing just as hard for me as it is for you. And the reality is that those that we oftentimes gravitate away from are the ones that we need to gravitate to. And God has purposes in all of these things. Um, It is important that we come to understand this. Rebecca Pippert, in her book, Out of the Salt Shaker, concluded with this story when she was involved in a campus ministry She met a student named Bill, 
and he was always disheveled in his appearance. He never wore shoes, rain, sleet, or snow. Bill was always barefoot. Okay, you'd say, that's weird, okay? But Bill became a Christian, but his, his appearance didn't change. And near the campus was a church made up of mostly um, well-dressed, middle-class people. And one Sunday, Bill decided to worship there. He walked into the church with his messy hair, blue jeans, T-shirt, and barefoot. And people looked a bit uncomfortable, and he started down the aisle. Church was crowded, so he got all the way down to the front. Um, looking for a seat, and he couldn't find one, so he just sat on the floor right up there. That was no problem to him. He was a young man didn't seem to bother him. But it was rather unnerving for the people in the church. You could feel the tension in the air. And suddenly, an elderly man began walking down the aisle toward Bill. And people were thinking, what is going to happen here? Is he going to scold them? What's going to happen? And people thought, you can't blame him if he's going to do that. This guy just walking in. But as he walked up, walking down the aisle, all eyes were on him. You could hear a pin drop. And when the man reached Bill, with some difficulty, he lowered himself and sat down next to Bill on the carpet. He and Bill worshipped together on the carpet that day, and there was not a dry eye in the church. That is receiving as Christ received us. You know, it's easy for us That's one illustration there. But it's easy for us to narrow our circle of acquaintances to just those that see our perspective or just those that maybe don't rock our boat or whatever. We've got all these these things that it's easy for us to pitch people out of our boat. And this, we often just skip over this. Wherefore, receive one another as Christ has received us. I mean, think of it in the context. The one another um, represented that Paul is addressing here represented Jewish backgrounds from conservative, very religious backgrounds who ate only kosher meat, who carefully observed Jewish holy days, who had been taught from childhood not to defile themselves with any contact with Gentile dogs, not meaning four-legged animals, but they viewed Gentiles as dogs, It also included that he was addressing Gentiles from pagan 
idolatrous backgrounds who formerly worshipped temple prostitutes who had no problem eating any kind of food that was set before them and who thought the Jews were a bunch of legalistic, hyper-religious prudes. In other words, the other person whom Paul is saying that they were to accept is precisely the person who was radically different than them in almost every way. So this was this is really a stretch for our natural heart. And this is this is what he's telling us to do. This receiving. It's the same word that that Paul, when they were shipwrecked, the barbarous people showed no little kindness, it says, and received us. They welcomed them there. And, and you notice what it says here. We are to receive one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. We are to receive others for this reason alone, because Christ received us. Wow, this is, this is hard because there are, there are things that just go against our grain. To receive these individuals. But do you understand God loved us while we were yet sinners and our sin went way against his grain of holiness. And, and the reality is when we, when we block people out of our life or just avoid, purposely avoid people in our lives, We have an ungodly attitude. Now, I'm not going to get into tonight. It doesn't mean that, that you approve the sin. You can accept people without approving sin. And who here tonight is without sin? I mean, if we're saying, well, they're they're really wicked and they'd be in bad influence everybody's wicked and we can we can just but it doesn't mean to approve sin but have we received have we welcomed have we said god you you want to use them to help me see a different perspective you want me to learn from them good and bad you want to teach me love and forgiveness, but we go through and we say uh, we don't we don't need the brass section in our instruments of praise here, and um, we don't want the timpani. That's for sure. I love the timpani. Boom, 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 boom. That's just my nature. Okay, I love the timpani. If I was going back again, I would not. I'd play the timpani. You know, that's what I would do. That has nothing to do with anything here. But but see, I love the timpani, so I'm going to just 
I'm just going to fellowship with people that love the timpani. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I like it, all right? But that's how we get. You know, what is the common thing that brings us together? It's not that we all love cats. It's not that we all love cows. It's not that we all love some team. It's Jesus Christ. And you know what? We have all these differences. Some of you love cats, and I thank God for you. And some of you like little dogs that are cats in hiding, you know what I mean? Incognito. And some of you like big dogs, and and we're all different. But the thing that brings us together is Christ. And He is ruling over all of this, and He says... I can just picture God. Watch this. Let's mix up all these weirdos there and share it and put them together. Look at them down there on Sunday night. I'm not calling you weird. I'm calling me weird, okay? Not really. But I said we're all weird in certain ways. And, And he says, I can show my glory by asking them to receive one another and I can almost picture the angel saying, what are you thinking? I, don't, I was going to say, that one's a vegetarian and that one raises cows to eat. I don't know if there's any vegetarians here. If you are, the Lord bless you, okay? Keep your kale to yourself, all right? But God says the only way that can happen is if they walk in the Spirit. We can't do it on our own. And and that's exactly what he says. Wherefore, receive one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. When we submit ourselves to God and are willing to receive others that maybe we would naturally avoid... God says, look at that. That is not natural. That is the work of the Spirit of God. That is, that is the work that, that I sent my son to do to change their heart. And that is to the glory of God, and God wants there to be glory in the church. See, this is uncomfortable, isn't it? But this is... We can pray for revival all we want, but until we can, until we learn to receive one another, it's not going to happen. And He gave us the Spirit of God to do that. Well, they kind of, you know, they didn't shake my hand or they didn't come to my whatever, you know. They didn't come to my son's graduation party or whatever. They don't ever show up. Just, there are certain people that they go to, and so I'm not going to do anything with them. Yeah, be just like them then. Or are you going to walk in the Spirit and say, I am going to overcome evil with good. I am going to do as Christ received me. 
so I will receive them. Now, you know what? If we really got a hold of this, revival would take place right here. I mean, this is... This is basic foundational. And I can see your wheels are turning like, oh, boy, oh, no. I don't know. And and you already have people in your mind that I wouldn't say you've been stiff-arming them, but um, you've just kind of been quietly keeping them out of your life or at a distance. Aren't you glad God doesn't quietly keep you out of his life and keep you at a distance? And you say, I don't know if I can do this. You can't do it. It's through the Spirit of God. God, I need your power, and I'm going to take this step of action, and I'm going to step into their life. And and there's all these fears. Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know if they want me in their life. It doesn't matter what they want. It matters what God wants. You know, that's their problem if they don't want you there. No, it'll be my problem. Well, God will give you the grace for it. But I know all these battles go on in our mind, and it's like, oh, no, no, no. And we have all these rationalizations for not receiving one another. Even as Christ received us, and to do it for the glory of God. This, you know, this is... The more I spent on this this week, the more I realized this is just where the rubber meets the road in Christianity. And it's easy for us to come and act like we're Christians and have our own little um, the word that comes to mind is amoeba, but our own little glob of algae that floats around the pond and we avoid other globs of algae. You know what I'm saying? That's a poor illustration. You can tell I didn't give it much thought. But we have our own little group and it's just... So tonight, back to this, tonight we have fellowship. Yes, sirree. Get our food and go with my own little glob of moss, and we sit down and talk about the same things we've always talked about. And there are other people, I've seen it, other people, not just people new to the church, sitting at a table all by themselves, and we walk right by them to our little little group, little clan, and do our own thing, and they sit there all by themselves. And we are disobeying God's command. Man, I didn't know it'd get this good tonight. (laughs) That's what some of you are actually saying. It is 7.30. We have a shower that we need to go to. 
And you have an opportunity to go downstairs and practice Romans 15:7. And honestly, you ask Jason or Andrew, you can read a lot off your faces up here. And I know this is putting us to crunch time here. Not just because of tonight. This is reality. It's easy to talk about, oh, God's this and God's that. As Christ has received you, so you are to receive one another. And is it hard? Yes. Is it necessary? Yes. Will God's Spirit give grace? Absolutely. Whatever He calls us to do, He will empower us to do it. I'm going to ask Kathy to go to the piano and play 145, Love As I Loved. That's the song. You don't need to turn to it. You don't need to sing it. I'm just going to, just going to read the, the words of the chorus. Love as I loved, give as I gave. These are the people that I came to save. Love as I loved, and I will shine through. Let others see my love in you. Receive as I received, we could say. Give as I gave. These are the people that I came to save. Receive as I received, and I will shine through. Let others see. My love in you. In just a moment, she's going to play that. We're just going to bow our heads. And I want you to just go before the Lord and say, God, maybe God's already brought someone in mind that he's saying, you need to receive them. You need to involve them in your life. Or maybe there's an aspect of it that you say, God, Right now, I'm not even willing, but please make me willing. Whatever God's asking as she plays, will you go before God and ask him to help you to receive as Christ received you? Lord, what you're asking us to do goes against our grain is met with many excuses and rationalizations and perhaps many questions. And Lord, honestly, from our perspective, there may be instances that it seems impossible. But Lord, we know that whatever you ask us to do, you will give us the grace to do it. And as Paul said in Philippians I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So, Lord, I pray, not just tonight, but in this coming week, and until you come again, that we would receive others, beginning here with one another, and then, Lord, in in life, As you have received us. And then, Lord, I know you will be glorified. So, Lord, we ask 
that you would be glorified.